0: Unnecessary pressure. We can't push or force our way to perfection. It takes time and patience. Sometimes changing our way from pushing to encouraging makes all the difference. You can read more about Selena Mendoza on her website, selenamendoza.com. I'm so glad that she was my first guest on episode one of ABQ Startups. Uh, She's a great friend of mine. We met through Twitter and the Twitter Twitterverse several years ago Uh, we stayed in contact over the years we actually also able we were able to meet each other in person uh, over the past year so I'm super grateful for that I don't know if I'm going to get another opportunity to see her again in person so I do appreciate her friendship from afar thank you so much for listening to this episode of ABQ Startups and we hope that you continue to listen thank you Hey. Hey there, Selena. How are you?
1: I'm good. I actually do have the Anchor app. (laughs) You do? Yeah, I recorded a a podcast with my mom actually yesterday. I still need to edit it, so that's why I haven't posted it yet.
0: Awesome. So I didn't know that you were using that same app.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Anchor is awesome.
0: It's pretty, it's pretty easy to use. So this is, so right now, this is actually my first podcast with you. So, um, so tell us, so so was that the first time that you, that you used Anchor yesterday with your mom?
1: Oh, no. Um, the first time I used Anchor was, hmm, probably back in 20, I'm going to say 2016, 2017 oh nice well
0: tell me tell me tell me more about it because i need to i need to learn myself yeah well
1: i mean it's awesome because you know you can um you can do these recordings with really anyone anywhere and um you you can easily uh uh freaking out stop it um
0: (laughs) oh you're uh, so lucky (laughs) i love it i love it when you share pictures of her
1: she she's literally the cutest. Um, so I don't
0: I and I don't have any pets. While well, I have two turtles, can't really cuddle with them. But
1: turtles.
0: You're getting to cuddle with her. I know.
1: Well, yeah. I just had such a long day today. I had, I literally was dealing with um, some harassment from my neighbor last night. Um, she got pretty violent and came over. Like, I was literally like hanging out in my kitchen watching Netflix, and she. Came banging on the door past 10 p.m., unwarranted, um, making accusations and stuff about me painting, spray painting and stuff, which I've been uh, very vocal with practically almost everyone that knows me that, you know, I I can't spray paint on my house anymore. So, um, yeah, she got a little crazy. And so I had to deal with talking to some attorneys for restraining order this morning. But... I had that huge call, you know, and that meetings today. Um, Yeah. So that was good.
0: Tell me how that that call went.
1: Yeah. It went well. Um, I. Or what
0: uh, you could tell, I'm not sure if you're able to, what you're able to say yet.
1: Yeah. I can't really say too much, but it's basically in the immersive experience um, area and um, you know, it's, it's probably very relevant to the times uh, right now, as far as live streaming and um, you know being ha- able to have interactive experiences. So, you know, basically, the future is uh, one-to-one personal experiences, um, especially as we're seeing that now. Uh, even when you're doing remote, um, it really is based on that that one-to-one experience. So, you know, you may be talking. And engaging with tons of people Um, but it's based on your experience with uh, the technology and software and you know the ui that you're engaging with so um well yeah we're gonna be building something really cool um it's state-of-the-art bleeding edge a lot of people are working on uh, basically the same concept so um yeah i teamed up with uh, my friends uh, from New Jersey and uh, they moved out here to LA um, or I guess in the process because coronavirus kind of threw a wrench into everything um, so yeah I've been I actually met them from my last startup and uh, I thought that you know they were they were wanting to be friends with me because I had a, a founder that was a multi multi-millionaire. Um, and I quickly realized that uh, even after I had left that startup, they were still uh, pursuing to talk to me and hang out with, want to hang out with me when they were in town. So um, yeah, they became my friends, and I'm super lucky, you know, that it, it just made sense to to work together uh, to build their product with them, um, just because they're you know in the midst of uh, you know growing their team. And it's really, really expensive uh, to do what they want to do, especially if you're going to be hiring an entire team full time um, to build this product. So, uh, we're basically, uh, as Bricks Labs, you know, we're able to um, be that kind of middle, um, I guess, middleman in between um, during that time before you raise you know, a copious amount, or before you grow your team out to really support the product that you're, um, you're really trying to push out to commercially, uh, that you can work with, you know, a, a firm like us, where, um, for, you know, a portion of the money that you would normally spend to actually hire these people, um, you know, you could probably use a very, <laughs> actually, like, a very slither, small portion of that um, to pay us to work together. And we basically bring um, our experts. We work with um, scientists and researchers that are literally at the edge of, you know, the -the state-of-the-art technology, writing all of those papers and working at universities and working at all of the largest tech companies that are pushing out those papers as well. Um, So, uh, we actually have a re- really unique offering because um, not only can I provide, um, you know, product management throughout the entire process, but we can give you a team of, you know, six to eight AI engineers um, for a killer rate. And you'll have advisors, uh, which are actually experts in these fields. So yeah, um, yeah, it's it it makes, makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense, you know, for the right team, for the right product at the right time. Um, it's really a good bang for your buck. Um, but not only that, it's it's just not it's not cheap, right? It's not really cheap to create kind of state of the art technology um uh, when you start getting into um creating things that have never been done before. There's a lot of risk, um, a lot of ambiguity. um, uh, <laughs> A lot of risk on our end as well, right? Because yep. um, if we don't debunk and kind of demystify and um, mitigate that risk, uh, we could really set ourselves up um, for failure, um, even as a firm. So uh, we really work hand in hand with our companies uh, to make sure that uh, we're all really solidified on the game plan. Uh, what are the risks and how are we going to tackle those? And at, one, at any point, Um, you know, I, I came on board to change our, uh, our mythology of how we do product and how we manage product and do product development. And, uh, we started, you know, with waterfall and traditionally, you know, waterfall just really doesn't work. It's just a matter of, Hey, I have this product I want to build. And then you price out. Okay. These are all of the things that are going to be in it. And this is all the things that we're going to build. Which in theory sounds nice, um, but it's really, in reality, it's like, we're seeing it right now, coronavirus, uh, it changes everything. Something can change. You know, you start, you drop a lot of money, you drop your deposit in, and in two weeks, it could be obsolete, right? So um, there needs to be some flexibility and agility. And so I changed the company um, the first month I came on board to Agile Mythology, so that all of our uh, products that we develop, all of the contracts that we write, all the product requirement documents that we put together um, are meant to have some flexibil- flexibility in the sense of these are the goals that we're trying to get done. These are the secondary goals that we're keeping in mind. This is basically the vision and what success looks like. And these are the mm. kind of things that we're going to measure of what success is, the hypothesis, the user stories. Um, that we want to build towards, and how we get there, it may change. Um, you know, we might try something, it fails, it doesn't work, we have to come back to the drawing board, um, but being more goal-based in the way that we develop products um, has made a huge difference in not only the the delivery, uh, the way that we deliver the products, but also it it's been night and day with, uh, customer, you know, success and customer retention. So it's easier to be able to have sprints and also be able to share, um, development and development milestones. When you get to a certain point where you can actually see it and you can play with it and you can give bit by bit instead of waiting all the way to the end and then presenting it. (laughs) And, uh, that usually is kind of a recipe for disaster. Um, when you're kind of waiting for customer input all the way at the end, uh, which is what traditionally kind of happened before I got here.
0: Nice,
1: yeah. Well,
0: well, I guess it. You can say that your team and you have adapted Absolutely. to to the this world emergency that we're all facing. But but and your team, uh, you were working. You you have done virtual. Team um, management before, right?
1: Yeah, no, yeah, of course. Um, you know, even before we had a little bit more robust tools, um, you know, I would use anything from from Facetime uh, to texting, Skype back then. <laughs> uh, I still use Google Hangouts, but you know, I used to work for Google Maps, and, uh, um, and surprisingly, we even as you, you work for Google. Uh, when they really tried to work and have meetings remotely, uh, with, you know, hundreds of people, it was, it was a logistical nightmare. So, you know, huh. in order, yeah. you know, it just, in the latency of, of hangouts and, um, you know, being able to, uh, I guess, work with that many people, um, and have quality is just, uh, it wasn't, it still isn't that great um you know
0: what's your favorite what's what do you prefer what platform do you use
1: well I like to use google hangouts just for the convenience of you know calendaring and you know Mm -hmm. it's a free tool um but I really do like zoom um I know zoom is it's a paid product I really hate the you know 45 minute um time limit right that's kind of that's really annoying um but I mean as long as you pay for for the pro you know premium version um there's there's a lot of flexibility there's a lot of features that uh, depending on what type of organization you have or what use case you're using it for um it's very versatile so you know you can
0: I agree with yeah I agree with that I I think that educators yeah could benefit from it
1: mm-hmm. yeah and they are using it right now and I know that Right. Uh, especially right now, there's a I got a lot of backlash okay. with Zoom with the security yes. yeah, right requirements, yep. which I mean, a lot of people, they don't really finick with get finicky with the settings. They don't really edit the settings. So um, you always got, have to assume kind of as a, a product manager that um, a lot of people really don't understand how to use your product and you need to make it painfully easy um, to navigate and to, um, think ahead for these things, right? Um, it's really hard to plan for coronavirus, but, um, yeah, if you knew absolutely. that you were going to have a large spike in usage, um, that is, inc- you know, incredibly unbearable to support that, uh, you need to assume that maybe there's probably most likely going to be some type of security risk, um, and what can you do to mitigate that risk? So, as someone that's managing the product, I mean, that's your responsibility um, is to have that but, foresight.
0: Absolutely. I agree with that. But also, kudos to the team. Right. If you follow uh, them on Twitter, they're answering in real time. Um, and a good friend of mine, Tommy, who's uh, part of the Zoom team, mm-hmm. I've seen him interact with uh, people that are generally just, you know, posting on Twitter Twitter about, you um, you know, just complaints and then him explaining, okay, if you go to settings, you can change that. And you don't have to do that every single time that you log in. Yeah. So kudos to them to kind of like, just like be on the, you know, out there and, and working with bloggers and media outlets to talk about openly what's happening in real time so they can create an amazing product for all of us. Right.
1: Yeah. They're doing great on support. And, um, I know the CEO, he is super active on Twitter. Um, I think we just followed each other recently as well, uh, during this time. Um, so, you know, he's going around and and engaging with people that are basically, um, talking about zoom and, and sharing tips or, um, giving kudos, you know, um, and retweeting those people and engaging with them. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really love when leaders do that, um, you know, kind of just shows that humility and um, there's actually a human behind it, right? It's not just someone that um, takes a backseat and especially in the light of everything going on with their security stuff, but they made quick changes. Yeah. So I, I give them that. Um, they really pushed. um you know, having those settings to be mandatory and just standard up front. So now going forward, I'm pretty sure that uh, the host basically has uh, all of the ability to um, add people in, mute everyone. Um, So, you know, especially as as an educator, uh, you're probably a little bit newer to this technology. And so arming them with the right product and, um, you know, giving them some tips on on how they can ensure they have a, a secure classroom. Um, but even if, say, there's one thing you can also do on the back end with product is say you sign up with your uh, school address, you know, your school EDU address mm-hmm. um, that, that on the product side, on Zoom side, um, they can actually uh, categorize those signups so that they create certain... Settings um, that are are standard for them. So when they are to start, yeah. yeah, and they could do that, yeah, um, yeah. Right. So there's there's so many different ways that you can tackle that. You could do you make this mandatory and standard for for everyone. So all you know, every single user, or you could take small set small sm- segments of the user base, and um, you know, make sure that you're giving them a good experience. So something like that, where. If it was yeah. very smart, I'm sure people would be very delighted. Um, and and that's really in product. Um, those are those micro interactions that that truly make what the product is, and then really create those um, users that um, really shout out the rooftop and like, oh my gosh, they wow! I signed up with the edu name, you know, email address, and and they knew, and you know, I didn't have to put up all these settings and and have to edit all these things that already came with it. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. And
0: then when you have happy, a happy customer experience, then you have people recommending your products and bragging for you. So you don't have to do the marketing. You have happy people talking
1: about it. Yeah. They talk about that in um, one of my favorite books that I, I believe her name is Kathy, man, I forgot her last name. Um, But it's called uh, Badass Making Users Awesome. And the whole premise is is that-
0: Nice title. Yeah,
1: right? The whole premise of that (laughs) book really is that, um, you know, you're not making the the ideal experience for you or based on your theory um, or anything of that, but more or less you're making an experience that um, someone can say, for example, you know, I'm using Zoom, or I say I'm using Anchor, and um, you know, I'm showing you the podcast that uh, I I just recorded with my mom yesterday, and I'm like, oh look, you know, I record this podcast, it's awesome, you should definitely check it out, and you know, I'm 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 sure sh- I'm kind of flexing, you know, what I did with this product, right? And then you're like, oh yeah. wow, that's awesome! Like, so what what did you use that? that you did that on and it's like oh I use anchor so it's more or less the story of how I'm using it and how you're making my life easier um, and um, providing a resource providing a tool that I can use and naturally it's it's explosive it it, you know the exponential growth of that type of product is very high um, compared to something where it's, it's, it that narrative isn't there, right? It's not something that I can Absolutely. naturally share.
0: And I think now more than ever, we need to help help one another.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So everything is so, about tools and, and resources, you know, especially yeah, as a, a remote workforce right now. Yeah.
0: So tell me how, um, I've been seeing you tweet a lot about <laughs> local art community yeah could you could you tell me how is this how are they adapting
1: it's interesting so um I have a lot of friends they're artists are artists are creative by nature right they're they're hustlers so if you think that they're just gonna just sit down and give up and cry and continue not continue to create you know even though they're you know, their money's dwindling and they might not be able to make rent. Um their spirits have been so high. And um, you know, I really admire that. They they just by nature are more positive. Um, you know, they don't really like to dwell on on the negative. And so it's just kind of they're also very appreciative. I, I really love that about our community. Um, you know, a lot of artists they're they're Looking to uh, get creative in the way that they sell their art, um, the way that they're doing commissions. Um, like, one example is you know, I'm, I'm selling my art for me personally. I'm I mm-hmm. realized that um, my friends have lost virtually all of their income, and uh, I'm sitting here. I'm I actually got a promotion and I got a raise. Um, I did plan this raise though, so it wasn't like you know. I didn't know it was coming, but, um, you know, I have this timeline that I defined with my team together. And so, you know, they honored that and, you know, we're here in the midst of coronavirus. And so I'm very privileged for the first time in my life. And I realized that, and, um, I've never been here before. So it's just very uncomfortable for me. (laughs) And as I'm seeing my friends, you know, uh, try to think of ways they can make money and, I kind of just looked at my collection and I have so much art and I decided, you know what, let's clear all this art out. Let's sell it for 50% off. Um, I'll never do a deal like this ever again, (laughs) unless this happens again, right? I'll do it again. Um, But uh, yeah, selling everything for 50% off and every single dollar I'll just transfer right directly to artists um, so that they can get some income immediately And, wow. um, you know, to date we've paid out $1,105 um, and then you're purchasing a piece as well. So that'll be adding to that. And uh, so what I do is I basically, whenever someone purchases a piece of art, I let them know um, who that money is actually going to. And so it kind of brings back, reminds me of, you know, the back when you would watch TV. And uh, you would see kind of the, the feed the feed the children, right or yeah. um the one, the other version for the animals where you know, if you sponsor X amount a month, they'll give you they'll send you a picture of the kid that you're sponsoring and stuff like that, right. It so kind of brings so its it brings back that to the that, yeah, that same type of concept. and I didn't realize that until after I kind of just was in, you know, damage control mode and thinking of any way that I can get money to my friends in, you know, within a very short time frame, And um, so I thought of that and what I, a lot of the artists have been doing, which, you know, a lot, a lot of people that actually have an income now wouldn't even think of doing this themselves. So I love just the selflessness of the community is one artist I'm sending her money. And she makes all of her money. She is, she's married, so she does have some, you know, support. Um, but her, all of her ceramics, you know, everything that she makes, uh, it's just everything through events. Um, so I sent her some money. She basically used that money to then go back, and she got all of this uh, thread and, and fabric and started creating masks. And so she's sending masks for free, to people and paying for the postage with the money that I gave her. Um, yeah, there's another artist where she's, uh, she almost is about to lose all of her income. Um, and I just found out that her mom actually um, got her hours cut as well. And so I sent her a bit of money recently and um, she works at my local art supply store. And I sent her money and she went and basically cr- caught are basically bought all of these art, all this art supply supplies, and then um, she posted on her Instagram, "Oh hey, I'm doing um, commissions and I'm doing portraits at no cost. Um, and you know, basically like whatever you want to donate, just send it to me, and I'll do it for you. And so she basically used that money that I sent her to purchase the supplies in order to make more money um, you know, doing those commissions.
0: And what, it, what's, how do we find her on Instagram?
1: Yeah. So this girl, her name is, uh, terse one it's, T E five E, uh, and then one, uh, O N E. So, um, she's awesome. You know, she does incredible work and she started you know, kind of finding her style recently. Um so you know she was one of the artists that uh, I threw and curated a skateboard art show at the gallery that I run and I'm a partner in. Um so she made What's the name of that gallery? The gallery is called Loki Gallery. Uh we're in uh, downtown Santa Ana. So yeah, those are that's just kind of a couple stories of how artists are, you know, I'm helping artists but then artists are turning around and getting creative with the money that they're getting. Um you know, I know a lot of artists they are just kind of downgrading. They they don't really have a lavish lifestyle. Um, to be honest, a lot of artists, um, they're very modest um, mm-hmm. and very nimble, creative, right? So um, with the friends that I have, I, I've i been able and I'm, I'm humbled to be able to help as much as I can. But yeah, there's
0: and thank you, thank you for people like you because what I've noticed with the artists, uh, we have a, a thriving art community here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, uh, Jessica Art, a good friend of mine, uh, Al Moises, an amazing artist, Carlos Contreras. We can go, I can go <laughs> on and on of our local art scene, but what I've noticed is that they are so humble. They do not, they don't brag no. about themselves and. And, and now more than ever, it's like, we need to brag about them. We need to showcase yep. their artwork. How can we do this? I I've, I'm looking through, you know, many resources of how could yep. we share this? I found I've, I've, I shared with you gum road. I know you and I have been following yep. them very closely. Um, what do you have any, any advice on how, how could we continue to support, the art community
1: yeah well i mean just to kind of go back on on um the reason why a lot of artists are like this is you think of kind of classically and historically um artists are really a lot of artists just in general are against what capitalism right um they don't they don't make art to make money um that's not really why they do it and they don't make art to appease other people and so the whole premise of branding yourself and marketing yourself and shouting at the rooftops, letting people know that your art's for sale, right? And creating a website, creating a brand yeah. that's all just capitalism. Yeah. And it's really hard for artists to break that barrier and be comfortable um, with basically branding themselves and, and creating an entity. And, um, you know, it's more of a mindset shift. You can't really force artists to do it um you really need to inspire them and explain why it's important and where you know and also aligning goals um with that too um that really pushes artists to really think about um why they have those um i guess mindset the mindset about and the blockers of capitalism and how you still can brand yourself And you still can, you know, practice that I don't make art for you. I make it for me. Um, But you need to kind of learn the ins and outs of branding and marketing and sales, right? At the end of the day, uh, the best salesman is going to be you. Um, You're the very first person that's ever going to sell your art and be able to explain it um, the way that you do. And so Also, a lot of artists, uh, they don't know how to explain their work. Um, Some artists haven't found their style yet. So, you know, when you haven't found your style, what I've found uh, working with a lot of artists is that uh, they don't think that they're good enough. So they don't think that someone is going to buy their art or someone's going to want to pay for it. Or what I also see very often as well is, you know, they have incredible skill, incredible talent. And they're pricing their pieces at like $25 and, you know, things like that. And you're just like, no, stop it. (laughs) Stop it. I know, I know that it's just this capitalism thing and you might not have the maybe self worth yet or the self confidence to say, no, this piece is $250, you know, and it's an eight by 10. It doesn't, it's the pricing is very intricate and difficult as well. Um, to price things out. So there's just so many factors in this that when you're pushed immediately to, like abruptly um, to do events, um, you know, from doing events to gallery shows to whatever, that now all of that is gone. And now you're literally forced into branding yourself and creating an online brand and entity. Um, It's uncomfortable. It's, and I really-
0: Could I ask you, are you gonna, are you going to host an online or, well, I know you have (laughs) done in the past, webinars about this, right? Or yeah, in person.
1: Yeah, so that's actually a good idea. Um, I think I should probably do maybe like a a little course, maybe this will push me to actually create that course that.
0: (laughs) I'm gonna ask you, can you please do this? And I will share it with all of my artist friends because I love them. I'm not an, I'm not a creative, but I just, I, I'm obsessed with them.
1: Same, same. Um, and I've, I've also. Well, you are (laughs) a
0: creative. You do creative. You create amazing artwork.
1: Well, I I like a lot of, as of recently, you know, I have been focusing a lot more on, um, organizing, curating, and um and working with artists uh to create their brands and so I haven't been creating too much lately um and do you think that you're gonna
0: start doing that now yeah more that we have well we all have a lot more time I mean I I didn't think I was gonna ever launch this podcast but you know (laughs) here I am it's like I I just wanted I have to be able to spread the message of what my friends yeah. are doing and you're working on some amazing stuff and i just feel like compelled that i have to help spread your yeah, messaging
1: no, I, I always appreciate you you you're always one of my biggest friends so i appreciate that and you know for me like uh i i have been creating actually and you know um especially with what i'm doing with my art sales uh, a lot of artists are kind of just reaching out i i literally had actually a a creative reach out from the Bay area in San Francisco. And I've even ever actually met in person. We've known each other online um, through community for years. Um, And I didn't even know that he was reading my posts whatsoever. Uh, But apparently he um, lost all of his income and he uh, was kind of on the verge of, you know, just having that breaking point. Right. And he was reading my, my messages or my posts and um, everything that the sales and giving money to artists. And um, he messaged me the other day out of the blue. And uh, it was just this touching. I have to send it to you. It's the sweetest thing. Um, He was just basically saying that like, you know, he was at that breaking point and his client actually paid him in advance um, like a big chunk of money. And so he saw, you know, the light out of the tunnel finally. But, you know, at that point, he's just started bawling, you know, reading my posts because of, you know, what I'm doing with uh, my art collection. And, you know, a lot of artists uh, have commented on this, too, of, you know, as an artist, you don't ever, ever discount your art um, because it devalues your art. And I mean, honestly, I don't yeah. give a shit. So um, right now, it doesn't matter. You know, that's just that's just dumb. I, I I really can care less. But you know, just because of you know things like that, you know, he was like, you know, people like you are the reason why like us artists have hope, and you know that we're positive, and you know that we know that there are good people out there that will support us, and. It was a lot longer than that. I mean, he sent some really, really sweet messages. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm affecting people that I had no idea about. I had no intentions, you know. I thought it was not my intention. I, I literally was just, hey, I, I started this because my art homies need some cash, you know. Um, so I'm like, yeah. how can I get some cash in their hands ASAP?
0: Um, so. And thank you for doing that. Thank yeah, you for what you're doing.
1: You know, I, I'm I'm very privileged, so it's I, I I realize my privilege, um, and also as an artist, you know I I work in tech, so it's not not all artists work in tech, right? Not all artists build brands and startups and have been doing this for ten years. Um, I work in branding, and so you know I, I very much value being able to um, show them kind of my tips tips and tricks and. Um, most times I just do it pro bono I I don't charge them I don't want to Um, it's just something that you know I paid for my education and now I get to use this to help the people around me and um, yeah with artists it's just you gotta know your style so that's one big factor with the uh, working with someone like me is you know if you're not ready uh it might not be as effective you know um you need to do some internal work you really need to think about it um you know and if you're not there you're not there yet no pressure um and and sometimes
0: people just create art for not necessarily for the public or to sell sometimes people want to create art for themselves yeah. just as an outlet yeah
1: and that's okay fine. and that that's you know exactly how I had started um I started as an outlet you know because I had a I had a really uh toxic relationship and um you know was that was my escape and um it turned into this you <laughs> know no intentions of uh of doing that and um you know with artists like I, I think there's one one good I guess advice for artists that you know would be listening to this um, and really kind of at that point where maybe they have a good collection and and they're wanting to maybe continue, maybe start selling it online um, I would really sit down and think about you know why why did you start creating you know art I'm like, it's these simple questions uh, where you really need to think about, sit down and write out and answer, um, you know, why are you doing this? Where are you going? What are your intentions? You know, um, and what do you kind of see for your brand um, as it grows? You know, do you, do you want to eventually become a curator? Um, do you want to be a, an artist in galleries? um do you want to practice internationally um you know maybe you want to do a residence in spain or something um you know maybe you're just like i'm really into festivals and those underground festivals and painting live painting at underground festivals i mean that's a whole thing too um that could be an entire career path um right now obviously not (laughs) uh right but Well, maybe, that could, that maybe it could be moved right. yeah. virtually. Um, we don't really know, but there also needs to be a lot more uh, support foundationally from governments, um, you know, the the places that have really good booming arts industries and communities are the communities that actually invest in them, right? Um. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I see first town in my community. I'm Costa Mesa and Costa Mesa, California. And uh, we're called the city of the arts. And I love my city to death. (laughs) But where are the arts? You know, it's uh, there's not really that community. There is the community there, but everyone's kind of scattered and there's not really a central place that we can all anyone from the public can practice like a cultural center, anything of that sort. There's none of that. There's no budget. There's no one in the government that works in the arts. Um, we kind of just have more of the bougie vibe stuff. So, you know, you come to Segerstrom, uh to have a dinner and a show. Um, things of that sort, right? And we also have ACMA. Yeah. Um, I, Tell me about also that. At Orange County Museum of Art. So they are actually in the midst of uh, moving. They have a temporary facility um, right next to South Coast Plaza, which is one of the most famous and number one malls in, in the world. Um, so international travel is huge um, to come to South Coast Plaza. So uh, Orange County Museum of Art is actually making a brand new state-of-the-art facility right next to Seegerstrom, And um, it's absolutely beautiful, the renderings that they did. Um, and so I'm super excited for that. Um, and that brings, you know, a whole level of prestige of, you know, say you go to L.A. and you go to MOCA, Museum of Contemporary Art, or you go to LACMA, which is uh, Los Angeles Contemporary Museum of Art. Um, those are those are huge monuments for L.A. Um, and, you know, we do have Seegerstrom mm-hmm. here in O.C. Costa Mesa is kind of like a central kind of the central point in Orange County. And, um, you know, we have, we have great performing arts, but we don't have a lot of support on more of the visual arts side. Uh, we don't really have a downtown district. There isn't really places that have, uh, areas zoned to be friendly for studios. Um, I live in workplaces, uh, for artists that are, um, you know a little bit more on the lower income side there's none of that you know that's that's something that yeah. you need if you yeah. if you want to be yeah. able to support the arts communities you really enter- understand that like a lot of the arts are pretty nimble it's right like you can't yeah. you can't afford the yeah super expensive 2400 dollars a month two-bedroom yeah. apartment loft you know like it's just that's just really unreasonable um and so there's one actually, one gallery that does it really well um, where they have, a, you know, a gallery, but then they have all these individual studios that they can work out of. And it's called Location 1980. Um, my buddy, Jesse Fortune, um, he's also an artist as well. Um, he runs that. He's been running it for 10 years now. And, you know, that's really my, I I, I feel like that's the the heart and soul of of Costa Mesa art scene Um, just because you can go in, you can walk in and you could just see all of the studios and meet the artists there. And um, as they're working and, and that's something that community, right. That community vibe that's really needed. Um, But historically Mm -hmm. Costa Mesa has been the home to um, legends and that have created, you know, the skateboard culture, surfboard culture um just uh more of the SoCal culture chill vibe in 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 a nutshell um a lot of artists that are super famous in LA they have studios at Ghost Mesa um a lot of people don't know that yeah Uh yeah yeah Yeah. didn't know that you know we have Vans headquarters over here uh we have Hurley we have Quicksilver back in the day um you know, this really was a place that really embodied City of the Arts. Um, and I feel like we're going through a renaissance right now. We're getting back to that point. Um, but it really comes down to yeah. uh, the government support. And um, we're kind of at this turning point with our arts community where we're, ma- we're trying to pass this master kind of cultural arts plan. Uh, that basically has a plan in order Mm -hmm. to um, buy property and turn that into a culture center and turn it into live work studios, things of that sort, Um, budgets for grants, um, things of that. And, um, you know, that's really what's needed. I think at this point, uh, it's very clear that the government uh, doesn't put an effort, emphasis on creating a budget for the arts. Um, that they just won't have an arts community that they envision, um, no matter how much they want it. So you got to just do it yourself sometimes, right? That's what we're doing. You know, I've, I've I've really um, invested a lot in this community and I will continue to do so regardless of whether the government um, passes this plan or not. Um, I do foresee continuing to invest a lot in this community and, help pave the path to get to where we need to go but um really it's kind of like in the I guess it's like in the in the eyes of the government you know they really need to see what is the true value of the arts and right now I mean I think you can really see like what the true value of of the arts is you know we're all sitting at home uh, working from home and what are we doing we're We're creating our own content. We're we're making art. We're watching Netflix. Well, Netflix has actors and you know entertainment industry. And these are all artists. These are curators. These are producers, actors, directors. Um, This is all the arts performers, um, musicians. We DJs. You know, Um, everyone is a part of the arts community in that aspect. And every single person. Um, has an interest in the arts whether they admit it or not Um, just the you know sheer consumption yeah the sheer consumption it's all around us of content of data like everything that we um, engage with like right now we're we're on the anchor app and um, I see this really beautiful uh, UI UX and you know this is art a designer made this right yeah it's art <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So so tell so tell us what's the what's the best way for us to follow and support? Yeah, what well, you're doing. you can
1: definitely follow me on my Instagram. It's uh, Selena Mendoza Art, uh, like Selena's Valley S A L I N A M E N D O Z A Art. Very simple. Or you can Google me. Super simple, Selena Mendoza, and I pretty much am on the entire front page or first page um and constantly always dming people so if you'd sent me a dm i'll definitely answer
0: (laughs) nice nice and then that's my that's my little guy that just laughed um his dad just walked him in because he needed to eat so he's so he's wondering he's like who are you talking to
1: we were friends (laughs) he liked my glasses yep (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh gosh it's been so awesome to catch up with you and just thank you so much for you know what you're doing for your community and uh just you know just keep on just keep on what you're doing and just keep on having a voice and let me know about the podcast tag me on that podcast that you recorded with your mom I would love to to share that with um, with all my followers as well and and then let's continue to stay in touch. Text me and, you know, we <laughs> see each other in the Twitter world. That's how we met. That's so funny because that's, what, that. that's how we met is, and we, yeah, is through Twitter. Uh, we connected yep. like what, five years ago, kept in touch. And then we met each other in person six months ago at the Riveter um, at an event for uh, women. And, and we continue to stay in touch. So I just appreciate your friendship and, and I, you know, I just appreciate the art that you share and just keep on doing what you're doing. And, and I'll be sharing this podcast. This is the first, my first podcast. So thank you so much for joining me today, excuse me, and, um, we'll be in touch. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll call text you after this. Okay.
1: For, you know, everything you do for the community, for the tech community, startup community and the arts community and New Mexico and. Now, hopefully, um, someday soon here, when all this is over, I can travel over there and uh, check out your art scene, because I've heard a lot about it.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. And you're going to love our state. It is absolutely, it's it's breathtaking, the entire state. It's, it's like there's so many hidden gems. I feel so bad that, um, I mean, I guess it kind of puts it into perspective. I, you just... I'm sure that you feel this way. You just have a different appreciation for just about everything, um, considering what's yep. happening right now to the world. And I, um, I definitely have a different appreciation for all of the uh, beautiful national monuments oh. in our in our state. Um, that I didn't see them more <laughs> yeah. when I could have. <laughs>
1: just pictures for now.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, pictures. Yeah, luckily, <laughs> luckily, we can see them virtually.
1: <laughs> awesome.
0: Yeah, you have a good evening and be safe. And then I will, I'll text you in just a second. Okay. All right. bye. Bye.